this is Stevie Rochelle from Tough and Metal Sludge, your favorite website. You are locked and loaded on the Music Mania podcast. Get ready for some screaming heavy metal! We rock! But the evil that men do lends on. We gonna bang your You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast, brought to you by CD Warehouse in Gladstone, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest, featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. It's the interview, three years in the making, the interview that they said would never happen here on the Music Mania Podcast, but after several emails and texts, and bantering over the years, I finally made it happen because Metal Sludge CEO, tough singer, Tales from the Porn singer, TV Rochelle is going to join us on this very show for a great conversation where we're going to talk about everything from the 20th anniversary of Metal Sludge to his musical projects, Tales from the Porn and Tough, the dates they have coming up, the latest Tales from the Porn album, and everything in between because Metal Sludge... It's an online community for hard rock and heavy metal, you know, mostly focused on the 80s, certainly. And I've joined this site whenever I was in high school back in the early 2000s, and I've been a part of it ever since, and it was my indoctrination to a lot of the more obscure bands of the genre. I mean, growing up, I was always a fan of Kiss and Motley Crue and Van Halen. Joining Metal Sludge taught me so much about bands like Tough, Pretty Boy Floyd, Babylon AD, Bang Tango, so many more. I mean, and that's sort of been uh, a big part of my life ever since. I don't think I'd be doing this podcast if not for Metal Sludge, and the, you know, because I'm one of those guys that's all in or all out on stuff. I'm not half-assed about anything, and uh, been such a hard rock and heavy metal fan since I was young, and being able to learn more and really, you know, indoctrinate myself into all these bands and, and learn so much and read reviews and read news and gossip. Metal Sludge is the place for that. It is the top hard rock heavy metal site on the internet today, especially if you're into the 80s stuff. So if you're not already a, a member of the of the, uh, the gossip board, you need to go to metalsludge.tv and sign up. If you're a fan of this show, you would absolutely uh, you would love Metal Sludge. It has been has provided so much entertainment for me. I've lived on this site for the better part of 20 years. We're going to talk to him about 20 years and what that means formulating this rock community and so many people that band together through this site and their love of, of this music and it's very, really important it's been important to me since i've been in high school and uh you know stevie is just a guy that he's got so many stories so many connections he's done so many great things and he just has a great way a great storytelling way about him that uh, makes him an amazing interview and i've been wanting to do this for so long and, and thanks to stevie uh for joining us this week um it's one that i've been waiting for for, for a long time it's funny i told him um that he <laughs> that it was easier to get interviews with bands like kiss the scorpions motley Crue, uh def leppard than it is with stevie rochelle and that's because he is extremely busy i mean he's out there you know building his brand building the metal sludge brand when he's not you know a touring musician so he's got so much going on but you know we want to I encourage you to check out everything the guy does, uh, and it all starts with metalsludge.tv. So, so absolutely go there and sign up for an account there. It's free. You post on the message board. You can read all of uh, Stevie's wonderful features, like uh, not only just the news, uh, but his tour diaries. He has done a six-part series thus far about uh, Tufts tour diaries, about moving to L.A. and the grind of working the Sunset Strip and trying to make it in Hollywood during the 80s. 
fantastic stuff. He's got this great way about him, man. The way he tells stories, the way he just talks about things in general is amazing. It's been a tremendous summer here on the Music Mania podcast as we are kind of winding the summer down. Still got some more shows to go. Got Def Leppard and Journey coming up here in St. Louis. And uh, got Billy Idol coming up, got uh, Judas Priest and, and Deep Purple coming up. But, you know, for the most part, things are going to slow down a little bit here on the Music Mania podcast. Even though we got some great interviews still in the can and coming up, we're going to continue to do that all through the fall, all through the year like we always do. But I'm going to be out on the road from September through December filming uh, an SEC football documentary course uh, I do I have my hand in a lot of things one of which I have a sports site I've done uh, a couple documentaries before we're gonna be working on one called uh, Saturday Supremacy we're gonna be going to a different SEC football game every week in the fall so uh, look for that SaturdaySupremacy.com you can check out all the news about that so gonna be really busy this fall but still gonna get this show in uh, on the road from whenever I can because I'm always out there going to shows whenever I can and, and you know obviously summers are a peak time for us but uh, we keep it going during the fall and winter too so keep a lookout for that we always appreciate you subscribing leaving a review on iTunes guys um, that's a big part of it for us uh, when we're trying to get guests when we're looking into doing other things and doing interviews and going to shows uh, people look at that they want to see the reviews see that people are listening and, and enjoying the show so we always appreciate that Guys, before we bring on Stevie Rochelle from Tough, our guest this week, I've got to tell you about our sponsor, CD Warehouse in Gladstone, Missouri. For over 22 years, a staple of the Northland, guys, they buy, sell, and trade CDs, DVDs, vinyl, and more. Hit up the owner, Randy Ringer, and he will give you a discount if you mention Music Mania Podcast. If he does it, it's on us. Guys, CD Warehouse in Gladstone, do not let the vibe of the old school record stores fall by the wayside. CD Warehouse, Gladstone, Missouri, for over 22 years, a staple of the Northland. And I tell you what, this this is many years in the making. They said it couldn't happen. Stevie Rochelle, more elusive than any member of Motley Crue, the Scorpions Kiss. I tell you what, this is my unicorn. It's happening right now, and I, I can't believe it, quite frankly. How's everything going, brother? <laughs> I'm a unicorn? Okay, that's all, that's all good. <laughs> You've probably longed to hear someone say that, right, man? Well, it's been a busy summer for you, and uh, I know you just got back from overseas. I think you had some shows out in uh, in, in Austria and Romania, to, uh, parts of the world that I've always wanted to go to, if nothing else, just for the pure decadence and the stories I always hear. So how were those shows? Uh, it's been a busy summer. Let's start there. How was that? Well, actually, Austria was last fall with Shameless. Uh, we did Germany and Austria and Italy. However, this summer I was in, you got half of it right, I was in Romania and Hungary of all places. So I was uh, I was over there for a couple of weeks with my kids and their mother. She's actually from Romania, so we were visiting relatives and all that, but I could only be around for so long doing uh, family stuff over there, and I... I, uh, I up and rooted my, uprooted myself, and I took off, and I did four shows. I did a show in Budapest, Hungary, and I did three three different shows in Romania, including Bucharest, and a city called Petroshine, and a and a beach town called Vamadeke, which is on the south southeast border of Romania, right next to Bulgaria. So I was kind of all over that uh, that end of the world for a couple of weeks, and it was it was pretty awesome. How, how was Budapest? I believe that is where the uh, the upcoming documentary about Bruce Dickinson is going to come out about the the show he did there, and kind of it was in the middle of kind of a civil war in the nineties. And that, what was that like? 
You know, I had never been to Hungary, but oddly enough, Tuff was booked to play a thing called Power Fest 15 years ago. I, I, I know the, the date because I recently looked it up when I was going there, but we were scheduled to play a place uh, in Budapest, a thing called Power Fest, and it was 2003, it was like Twisted Sister, The Scorpions, uh, it was either Tommy Lee Solo or Methods of Mayhem, like his project that he was doing post-Motley Crue, um, and then there was a bunch of other bands, Rat, L.A. Guns, Adler's Appetite, and I was friends with some people that were, the you know, in charge of this event, some from some promoters that I had knew from LA from years and years previously. But uh, literally in the 11th hour, the whole thing just collapsed. And it was crazy because we had a deposit, a, a pretty hefty one as well, probably one of the highest paying gigs we ever had. Um, we had flights, we had plane tickets, we were, we were packed. We had, you know, everything. And it was literally literally about 24 hours before we were going to go to LAX and get on a plane that the whole thing just collapsed and went under. So, needless to say, uh, my plan to play Budapest Hungary 15 years ago never came to fruition, but uh, it did come to fruition a couple weeks ago when I played a killer club called Robot in the center of the city uh, in what would amount to like an underground kind of bomb shelter kind of thing. A lot, a lot of clubs in Europe have been like that. I've played in Prague and the Czech Republic and a few other places in some of these far eastern uh, bloc countries, and it's not always a, a, a typical club. It's, they're old buildings, and they put them together in different little spots uh, underneath the city, and for, for all it's worth, it was pretty badass. I had a blast. Awesome. Yeah, and it's been a busy summer for you, man. I tell you what, speaking, I want to get into Metal Sludge because that's... uh for me personally, so many so many things uh, about my my rock and roll upbringing came from Sludge. It turns twenty uh, here in September. First off, do you have any any anything special plan? I mean, twenty years—it's unbelievable. I joined, I believe, in two thousand. Uh, members dying over the years, members uh, ascending to fame, yeah. uh, ascending into the dredges of society. It's it's really unbelievable what Sludge is, and if you don't know, uh, MetalSludge.tv, uh, news, rumors, gossip, the, 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 the gossip board is what got me involved in 2000. Just talk about the 20 years, uh, kind of all the things that have happened and what you have planned for, for the 20-year anniversary. Well, you know, there's nothing special planned at this point, but just to clarify to some people listening that might not might not be completely aware of what you meant, when you say members dying... Uh, you know, it's 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 like the, the 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 metal sludge society, if you want to call it that. There's been this underground group that kind of you know congregated on the internet when when the internet was in its infant stages. I mean, 20 years ago, for anybody that's over 35 years of age, most of us never had computers as kids, you know, or even in our teens and early 20s. The computer is something that for us, uh, you know being our age, guys that are in their well into their forties or even fifties, you couldn't go to the store and buy a computer. You couldn't you couldn't you couldn't have an email when you were twenty or twenty five. None of that stuff happened until we were literally thirty years old. So when we created this site, myself and Sean, my my former partner, we created it as and, and the term was not even uh, there yet either. I mean we, we we built it as a social network for people to go 
and congregate. You know, there was the, the site itself, and we had the gossip board, and we had like the little chat rooms where you could log on five or 10 or 15 people at a time, and they could all be in there talking about something, whether it's a new Motley Crue release or it was uh, somebody was no longer in a band and who's the new guy. And so all of this took place way before Twitter, Instagram, MySpace, YouTube, n none of that existed. And, and these, these people, the society, we started giving people this a little award, you know, Sludgeaholic of the Month or Sludgeette of the Month. And it would be basically a fan of the site who would go to shows, get their picture taken with rock stars, uh, tell their story about where they live and how they became fans of heavy metal and metal sludge. And like you just said, members are dying. There's been, God, I mean, I, we could probably rattle off 10 or 15 names of guys or people or identities that were really, really popular in the sludge community that suddenly had something happen. Yeah. Cancer, you know, some, some tragedy in their life, you know, uh, Izzy Pop or Iggy Pop will eat itself as, as a guy that was really popular, and he died. CC uh, Banana was obviously a character. He died. There's been many that just suddenly people were like, "Hey, I haven't heard from so and so for a while," and then a little bit of research and finding out, "Hey, well, I saw on his Facebook page he, he died last week of cancer or something." And it, it's it's you know it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of cool that the the network of friends and the framework has, has kind of remained somewhat intact that people still remember these people. And it, it's not, it's not somebody that they became friends with in real life, but maybe just through the internet because that person, uh, well, for instance, Soichi, the Japanese guy, he died as well. Yeah. He was, he was very popular and, uh, he would come to America, he'd go to shows and everybody knew him. And then he, he had like a heart attack or something. He just died and he had a family and kids and a lot of people were truly moved and bummed out because they became, you know, e-friends with this guy. And, you know, of course we lost rock stars too. We lost Kevin DeBro, we lost Jamie Lane, we lost Randy Castillo, you know, I mean, there's so many people that just, Derek Frigo, you know, from uh, Enough's Enough. I mean, there's just people that were at some point part of the community did interviews with us, took pictures with guys that were wearing the shirts or girls, and and at some point, you know, life goes on. And that's why, you know, 20 years later, Metal Fledge is still online. We still have a community of fans and friends and people that enjoy enjoy everything that goes with it, you know? It is, and let me tell you why it's important to someone like me as a younger fan. I'm 34. I, I uh, joined the site whenever I was in high school, and me as someone that grew up a fan of this music – but didn't really have an outlet when you, when you know you, you want I'm someone that just likes to learn every single thing I can about something that I'm into I'm not half-assed about anything so when Metal Sludge comes about you know I learned so much about uh, of course I mean I grew up with Kiss and Motley but learning about bands like Pretty Boy Floyd Tough Wild Side uh, Babylon AD it's it was like my indoctrination right. to that and that's as not growing up in the era not being you know your guys' age so that's what's another reason why it's so important and that community sort of moved me into this area probably wouldn't be doing this podcast if not for for metal sludge so i mean you see you see that and you see what kind of a community is and how important it is to people still to this day and 20 years congratulations on that man because that you've done some great work it's funny it's hilarious it is shaming at times there's so much about it that's so unbelievable but it is at the end of the day it is a, a great community no doubt 
Well, and what, what's cool is like, now I, now I didn't know your age. I would have thought that you were a little older than that because I have listened to your podcast. I have seen some of your writings and your interviews. I would have guessed you to be at least in your early to mid-40s. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're, you're basically about 20 years younger than the core of this, this genre. Right. And um, it, it is cool to me, aside from Metal Slugs, that the social networks on the Internet, like the Facebooks and the YouTubes and the Twitters and stuff, have given us a, a, a way to reach people so much younger. Because I've played in almost 30 countries now. You know, whether it be with Tough or playing with Shameless in Europe or even uh, Tales from the Porn in South America. I've been to Australia. I've been to parts of Eastern Europe that most bands have not been to. Romania, Hungary, Czech Republic. And I got to say, it's a trip to me because I show up at these gigs and uh, there's fans that are, that are 16, 18, 20, young kids. And... Uh, I mean, they weren't around when any of these magazines were out or records were out, you know, or even CDs were out. I mean, they literally learned about us by seeing a picture on Pinterest or Tumblr. Like, oh, my God, they look cool. And, and they're, 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 they're correlating with, like, wow, they look as cool as Crash Diet, you know, because they're, <laughs> like, the, the young. And I'm thinking, no, motherfucker, we were the fucking, we were the OG Crash Diet, you know. So they're seeing the pictures. Of, of tough and slick toxic and sleaze bees and kick tracy and wildside like you said and all these obscure bands too that are not just the, the big five you know the, the motley crew the poison the bon jovi the guns and roses or the aerosmith they're seeing not even the b level or the c level but we've introduced them you know through sludge and then the facebook and, the, and, and stuff is 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 allowed people to, to learn about really cool bands you know uh even a guy like Doug Aldrich, who's played in now a bunch of notable groups with his appearance in White Snake, or he's been in Dead Daisies, or Kelly Hansen sings for Foreigner. A lot of people don't know about their original band. You know, Doug being in from Lion, yeah, not White Lion, but just Lion, Lion you know, and, <laughs> and Kelly being from Hurricane, which had a great song. I'm on to you. Um, so many cool bands that had you know just a couple records out and. Um, the internet has helped expose us to a, a much younger, and when I say younger, I mean a generation that's even a generation younger than you. And you're, you're, you're 20 years younger than most of the guys from this generation. So it, it's a cool thing. And, you know, Metal Sludge has been online. It'll be 20 years, September 1st. And it, it's went through its changes and, 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 and it's evolved. And some people have said... Oh, I, I, it's not like it used to be, or I wish we had 20 questions every week, or I wish we had this, or I wish we had that. But, you know, the thing is, when we did all that, we were kind of the, the, the original guys that did it. We, 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 were, we were online before Blabbermouth. We were online before any of those other sites. And we, we did stuff that nobody else had done at that time. So, you know, at some point, Metal Sludge interviewed 500 rock stars. You know, the biggest ones, too. We interviewed... David Coverdale and Tommy Lee and Nikki Six and you know Lemmy and Zach Wild and God we've we've interviewed a lot of guys that are now passed on you know but it's it's cool that we I think put our foot in the ground and made a footprint that other people followed you know some yeah. of the other sites and you know there's so many social networks and so many outlets for people to get information that Metal Sludge just you know being at the top being at the top and being the end all be all it's just not that it's 
just not easy. No, no, no different than it would be for Spin Magazine to compete with Billboard Magazine to compete with Hits Magazine. You know, at some point there's going to be other competition and, you know, there's, there's, there's plenty of room for everybody to get some love. Well, Stevie, I want to circle back around to, to what you have coming up with Tough and Tales from the Porn. Mm-hmm. But one more thing about Sludge, and it, I was just watching The Decline of Western Civilization Part 2 again the other day. And, uh, you know, and as I saw you in that for the, for the brief moment, I, I thought about how, you know, here's Tough, here you are in that moment uh, doing that interview. And um, you just another band out there trying to make it like Faster Pussycat was in the film, like Lizzie Borden was in the film, like Odin was. Uh, but, but aside from that, what kind of drew you to, to this side, almost the, the, this media side? You have a lot of connections. You know a lot of people. What kind of transitioned you from that into having this passion for, you know, for doing interviews, for putting t- together stories, for doing reviews? For, uh, what, what kind of transitioned you into that sort of passion? Well, I can tell you this. <clears throat> for anybody that's never met me, I think a lot of times people meet me and they think, wow, he's different than I thought, you know? And, 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 and I'm not putting, you know, my hand on my own back and shoulder and patting myself, but even, even other guys in rock bands, my peers, guys that were older than me or maybe had more success, at some point guys met me and I think they realized that the picture of the bleach blonde Vince Neil Brett Michaels look-like rocker guy that was in Tough and pictured in Zing and Rock Beat and Hit Prater. There's an image that you see there, you know, and a lot of people, including myself, when I first saw David Lee Roth and Van Halen, I was enamored with J-E-T-V! You know, <laughs> and like he was always doing shtick and he was always a rock star and everything. You'd, you'd ask him a serious question and he'd come back with, well, I'm like a big blast of Cheerios in your cereal in the morning. Like he'd give you some crazy analogy that has nothing to do with it, but you'd be like, wow, that's so cool. You know? But at some point, I never succumbed completely to, I want to be just like my, my heroes, David Lee Roth or Vince. Like, I never got any tattoos. I never rode a motorcycle. I've never been a guy that smoked cigarettes. I'm not a drinker. I've never been drunk. I'm 52 years old. I've never been drunk one day in my life. So when guys meet me, I think they're, they're, they're taken back that I'm not a scrawny little rock star guy that's just waiting for my microphone and has my sunglasses on and saying, point me to the stage. I'm a very hands-on guy. And I, I dare I give myself and put myself in that category, but I, I I do kind of what Gene Simmons does. Or what Nikki Six did. I've, I've always been, along with our drummer, Michael, in the early years, he was my guru. Hang on a second, I'm losing my headset here. <laughs> Michael, Michael, our drummer, was my guru. He was the guy that led the way, even though he was the youngest. But I always gravitated towards the business side of things and the responsible side of things. I wasn't there to just party and act stupid and play rock star. I was like, Introducing myself with a firm handshake. We're here. We're loading in. This is the, this is our set time. Okay. This is our dressing room. Awesome. These are our hotels. This is our deli tray. This is the money. Who do we collect from? We're here to put on a show. And I I ruled with an iron fist. I mean, even our crew at some point. Dare I give the comparison? I'm German. My last name is Kantsetter, but some of the guys called me Hitler at points because I was so <laughs> I was I was a son of a bitch to be on the road with. But it was the son of a bitch that was stickler for details 
You know, yeah. we weren't late. We didn't cancel. We didn't have guys show up fucking drunk and falling off stage that couldn't perform. You know, we we kept our end of the bargain. It was like that from the heyday all the way till two weeks ago when I played in Budapest, Hungary. You know, so I've been a different breed of rock singer than I think some people are always used to meeting, you know? And uh, that's kind of what, at some point, I started my own independent record label to put out records. Not just Tough, I put out Wildside. I put out Nitro. I helped Jailhouse and Tommy Gun release tracks and John Karabi's Angora. So I started that in the early 90s. So from independent record label and distribution to creating a website that could not only help promote my stuff, but I wanted to give others the love. Yeah. And when I say others, I mean, there's guys that went out there like tough for decades and busted their ass for 500 bucks a night and a couple of pizzas and played in little shitty clubs in front of 80 people with no monitors. And those bands at some point I felt deserved some recognition. Bang Tango, Rhino Bucket, Enough's Enough. You know, those kind of bands were really out there still churning out and making rock and roll. And not everybody got to be Winger, Warrant, White Snake, Slaughter that got to sell two, three, five, seven million records and play, you know, at a, for a, on a bad show, you know, a thousand people and, you know, guys are talking about scaling down from two tour buses to one. <laughs> like, I heard some of that sometimes and I thought, man, you guys got a fucking mate, <laughs> you know? We're... We were in a rider truck or a van pretty much 95% of our career, as were some of the other bands. So I, I took it upon myself to, I guess, help some of the bands I felt deserved some help. And I also, with Metal Sludge, gave some people a kick up the ass that I thought at some point some, some of them deserved. And that was my thing with, with not only the band and the brand in general, but, you know, my indie label and, and, and the website and, and all the things I work with to be a responsible professional party in presenting what we have as a package, a product, you know? Well, to me, one of the best things that, that you've ever done are, are your tough tour diaries, and I want to get into that because as of, uh, I think, June 25th, the first one came out, and that the first t diary you did was called How I, Made my way, How I Made My Way to California 31 Years Ago Today. So 31 years ago uh, in 1987, the journey kind of began for you. Talk about kind of the inspiration for, for writing these diaries. And it's so candid. It's so unbelievable. It's so Hollywood. It's so things that, you know, you read about and, and, and slugging out in the clubs and flyers and decadence. And it's just sort of everything that I've always kind of thought about when it comes to the scene rolled up into one and your guys' story. What was kind of the inspiration for doing these? Well, I can tell you my original inspiration was 20... 25 years ago, I read Henry Rollins' book, Get in the Van. And for anybody that knows or doesn't know all the detail, obviously Henry Rollins was the singer of Black Flag. Henry Rollins was not the original singer of Black Flag. He was a fan that used to go to their shows and stand in the front row and beg the guys to jump up on stage and sing a song with them in Washington, D.C. when he was a teenager. And at some point, their singer and, and the guitarist parted ways in Black Flag. And weird weird to say, but come for a full circle, Henry Rollins became the singer of Black Flag. And at some point became the face of it, the voice of it, and everything else. Well, at some point he wrote a book called Get in the Van. And the book 
was basically his diary of going on the road and being in a van and a rider truck and driving from city to city and playing in clubs for 200 bucks or 500 bucks and eating, you know, sharing one pizza and it being cold. And oddly, he even played in my hometown of Oshkosh, Wisconsin at a place where I played my first ever show. So there's some weird correlation. And in reading his book, at some point I thought, man, this book, and I had read it after the, the heyday of tough. I had read it in the 90s. So I said, man, Henry Rollins' story is my story. Like, <laughs> it's, it's exactly what I went through. Only he was a singer in a punk band in the early 80s, and I was a singer in a glam band in the late 80s. So it's like, I always wanted to write a book called Get in the Rider, Rider Truck, because that's how we toured most of our times. And, um, you know, I've had, I've had a couple books on, uh, on the quote-unquote shelf in the back of my mind for, for many years that I wanted to write. But at one point, I had read a couple of biographies in recent years that I thought were really cool. And one of them that stood out to me was Billy McCarthy's book, Beat Me Till I'm Famous. Billy McCarthy was the drummer in DeMalls. He went by Billy Dior. And he, uh, you know, the title alone is great, Beat Me Till I'm Famous. I mean, he's basically saying, beat me as in beat myself or beat this drum. Yeah. And Billy, Billy had moved to Los Angeles in the early 80s when Motley Crue was forming, and they were basically apartment mates of his. And reading Billy's story was really cool to me. Like, I could relate to it. Because I've read other biographies of guys that are like, yeah, and I had a mansion, and then I lost it, and I, I sell four of my Lamborghinis, and, you know, my Playboy girlfriend divorced me, and I had to pay her a million dollars, and guys that are whining about being millionaires and having all this huge success, and now they had to live like somewhat of a normal person, I could never relate to that. But when I read Billy's book, I was like, I can relate to his book, because he was a guy that was almost there a few times, and had all these great run-ins and these great stories that he talks about living in L.A. off and on from, like, early 80s through the 90s. So to anybody listening, if you want to read a great book, a great biography about a great band and a cool guy that was from that era, but he didn't get to be a multimillionaire, Billy McCarthy's book, Beat Me Till I'm Famous, is fucking great. And that book was part of the catalyst that said to me, that's my story, too. Yeah. I want to tell my story of what it was really like to be a man going through the trenches and and then having that shiny pot of gold like set right in front of you like we're on TV, uh, we're of a record deal, we're on MTV, we're almost, you know, it's, it's right in front of us. But then at some point, it obviously changed with, with the Seattle movement and uh, I really wanted to tell my story and that's what I started on the, you know, the, the, to the day, 31 years after I flew here on a one-way ticket, I started my journey, and now I'm five blogs in, and we're going to enter the sixth blog in the summer of 1988, one year later, and I'm not going to stop. So this is going to go on for a while, and I think, I think some people are going to be surprised. I think some, some, some so, uh, so-called uh, other band members, musicians, peers of mine, some people are going to get their feelings hurt. <laughs> you know, uh, some are going to get exposed, but 
I only tell the truth. And uh, anybody that knows me and knows Metal Slugs, they know that's the case because everything we've ever printed is 100% factual. And Absolutely. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm going to that's exactly what I'm going to print. I'm going to tell my story whether it's good, bad or indifferent and as much as I like to kick somebody up the ass, I have no problem throwing myself in front of the bus as well and exposing some of what I was and went through and the things I did that were good, bad, or, you know, the indifferent. Well, well, it also provides a glimpse because to me, there's two types of people in the world. There's someone that is influenced by things and they see it, they develop ideas in their head. They want to live it. They want to, they would do anything to do it. But, but for whatever reason, they just, they're just not the type of person to take that leap. I love hearing stories about people that decided to, to take a leap, whether it be uh, to join a band or to, to do to, whatever it is. And I think that this is what is great about this era in that specific time is that there was a lot of bands doing this. Some of them made it, some of them didn't, but you were providing kind of this glimpse to people that your side of the story, what you guys did. I mean, it's unbelievable. The, the, the stories about, I mean, you hear people like Ricky Rocket and Poison eating, you know, uh, bologna sandwiches for, for three months straight and what you guys did. I mean, that, that stuff like that, that there, it takes a special kind of person to take to take that leap, I think. Mm-hmm. Not everyone can do it. And that's what right. separates people. I mean, there's creative people. There's people that want to be creative or criticize creativity. That's kind of what it comes down to. Right. That's, that's how I see it anyway. I think it's really cool. The glimpse is awesome. And the, the, my favorite one was uh, the middle years, famous people, cocaine, kiss, and sex with Miss Gazzari's dancer. That was my favorite one so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's going to be all kinds of stuff, you know, all kinds of run-ins with, you know, what people would, you know, call rock stars and, and sexcapades and and, and, and just what, what we went through as a band, you know, the turmoil within. And I, I don't intend to paint it just all as roses, you know. I, I, I will talk about, you know, when, when, the, when the, to- the times got a little crazy and the band was fighting and members are, you know, uh, at each other's throats. And, you know, I want to tell the true story, you know. And I think I'm off to a good start. And the response so far has been awesome. And I'm, I'm stoked for anybody that's, that's enjoyed it. Yeah, guys, you can go to metalsludge.tv right on the front page. You can get uh, links right to, right to that. And uh, Steve, before we let you go, man, you know I could talk to you all day. You know about about all this stuff about about music, about your career, about things you've done. But I know Tough has some dates coming up, and it's starting out uh, here in just a couple weeks. You guys are going to be in Westland, uh, Michigan, at Downstairs, and then you're going to do that. Is it? A, it's a festival that the Grand Casino in Hickney, Minnesota. Yeah, what we got coming up here at the end of August, we're gonna play in uh, we're gonna play in Detroit on August twenty fourth at Downstairs, which is basically a sister club right next door to Token Lounge, which everybody's familiar with. Uh, on Saturday, August twenty fifth, we're gonna play the uh, Highball Music Barbecue Bash, which is just south of Cleveland. It's gonna be uh, Every Mother's Nightmare, Tough Billy Morris is doing. Uh, is Billy Morris' Sunset Strip. A lot of people know Billy plays with Puff and also at some point was a, a guitarist in Warrant and played many years on tour with Janie Lane. Um, so we're doing that. Then on, in September on the 6th, we're going to play in Green Bay, Wisconsin at Fatheads. And then the weekend, right that coming weekend, the 7th and 8th is the Rocktember uh, Music Festival at at uh, the Grand Casino in Hinckley, Minnesota. That's just north of Minneapolis. And this year, it's every year it's a great lineup. Everyone kind of has told me it's basically like M3 in the Midwest. It's a few days. Uh, the Friday night, I believe, is Striper, 
uh, scrap metals playing, which is like, you know, the Nelsons and Mark Slaughter and a bunch of different all-stars. Um, Skid Row and Vane are playing, I think, on Thursday. Um, on Saturday, the day we play, it's Hurricane Alice, which is another oldie but a goodie from, the, uh, yes. from the 80s archives. They're, they're Minnesota guys, so they're local to that area. So Hurricane Alice will open the show, then Tough, then Autograph, then... I want to say Great White, I could be wrong, or Lynch Mob, one of those. Then it's uh, Queensryche and Tesla. Yes. So it's a three-day thing. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. There's like 20 bands. Um, it's a cool event. So we're doing that. Those are all tough shows with myself and Todd Chase, original members. Jimmy Lord's going to play drums for us. Jimmy played with us. He was the official replacement for Michael when Michael left the band in 93. So Jimmy's got some history with us going back to tours even in the 90s and he's done shows off and on with us uh where where it works <clears throat> and our guitarist and then uh october uh or actually back up just one bit i will be at 80s in the park in florida as well 80s in the park in florida is at the end of september uh that's always a cool event i've done it a few times with the band and a few times just as a vendor to go down and hang out and sell my my brands and products from the tough stuff to the wild side, the metal sludge, the cat house. I'll be there for the weekend. And then in October, I'm going to go to Brazil again for the second time this year to do uh, a short leg of dates with Tales from the Porn. We're going to play in a few different cities uh, between the end of October and early November. And I'm really looking forward to that because that's a great project and a great bunch of guys. Yeah, Tales from the Porn is awesome. Uh, new album coming out. In September, correct? Just caught the video for Back to the 80s, which is on YouTube now. You guys have a YouTube channel, Tales from the Porn. How did this all kind of get started? This kind of came out of the blue. I remember one day, I think you just posted on Sludge, hey, if you like 80s glam metal, check this band out. Oh, yeah, I'm in it. And uh, Tales from the Porn, kind of that's how, we're, how I found out about it. How did this kind of come about, and uh, what do you kind of see as a, as a future for you guys? Big album coming out and uh, some shows. So that's good things from that. Well, it's actually not, it's not a new album. The album actually is already out. It came out about six months ago. But what happened is these guys contacted me through the internet and just said, hey, we're in Brazil. We have a rock band. We're looking for an American singer. And the guy basically wrote me and said, I know what you've done with Shameless in Germany. We want to do kind of the same thing only in South America where our band is here, we have a band name, we have songs, but we want you to write some lyrics, sing some tracks, and be our singer. So we kind of just met through the internet about three years ago, and it turned out, you know, where they were, like, showing some serious interest, and we made a deal. You know, hey, send me a couple tracks, you know, I'll do a, a, a demo or two just so you can see what, what I think I do with the song, and and they loved what I did from one song to the next to the next. And next thing you know, we had a full record. And a couple of years later, we, we packaged it and put it out. And the disc has gotten a great response. Um, people seem to love it. It's definitely, but it's kind of a harder, it's kind of a harder edge. It is. Rock. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not glammy, sissy glammy. It's more, it's more a little bit more dockin-ish or skid row-ish and it's got a little bit more balls and a little bit more teeth to it so i really like it and uh i went down there in april for the first time to meet them even though i had previously played brazil a few times always to great responses that's a great a great place to play great country but um 
I went in April. We hung out. We rehearsed. We uh, we shot a video. We spent uh, a week and a half together, and then we played our first show, which was was which was great. And now we're going to do um, a set of shows in the in the fall here, which we're playing in Campinas, Brazil. We're playing in Curitiba, Brazil. Uh, we'll do another show in, in Sao Paulo, and uh, there's talk of Rio as well. So it's going to be a couple of weekends and. What can I say? But those are great guys. I love that band. And it's just, it's another project, though. I got Tough, I got Shameless, I got the Cheeseheads, I got Metal Floods, I got Children, I got I got so many things going on, I got to kind of juggle them all, you know? Well, and, and the biggest fear here, though, you got some fall dates on weekends. You're, you're going to miss Packers games. You're going to miss Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, breaking his clavicle for the fourth straight year. And I, it's going to be tough for you. I don't know. How, how are you going to take time away to miss that Oddly, you know, it's funny you say that because the Packers are actually playing in Los Angeles against the Rams this year, and uh, we have a promoter that has uh, a, a spot at the L.A. Coliseum with a thousand Cheesehead membership group that they wanted the Cheeseheads with Attitude to, to be part of their weekend. But it's 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 October twenty eighth, uh, and see? they they came in after the fact. So uh, I've already got my ten twelve days locked in in Brazil, and that's the exact time frame of our of our dates down there. Had they come to me a few months earlier, and I had some kind of a contract and deposit, I could have solidified that, and then we would have had to move the Brazilian stuff around a week or so. But yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to miss. Uh, I'll have to miss the Packers in L.A., but I look forward to the season. I, I, I have a feeling there's going to be I, – it's great that L.A. has football back. Uh, I don't know about the Chargers, but the Rams seem to be much improved and, and at least you know playing in the Coliseum. The Chargers are playing in a soccer stadium. I don't even really know where it's at, Carson or somewhere. And so right. it's, it's like I – mean, but uh, you know the Rams are going to be pretty good this year, I think. So uh, and, and the Packers, obviously, I'm just giving you crap because they're a, it's a great franchise. Rodgers is one of the greatest of all time. And uh, you are know, you uh, where are you at? Are you in Kansas City or yeah, something like that? Yeah, Kansas City. So big Chiefs fan, of course. And uh, so we oh, left. So you're a Chiefs. You're a Chiefs and a Royals fan. I am not a Royals fan. I'm not a baseball guy. I, I it's weird. Like I. I it's just too many games. It's too much. It's too hard. I'm too hardcore into stuff. Like I can't follow 162 games. So many right. of them are meaningless. I just I can't. Uh, so it was kind of bittersweet when the Royals won the World Series. I'm like, really? Like I've been a Chiefs fan my whole life, and like they haven't won a Super Bowl since 1970. And this is the Royals are the worst organization in sports. Win a World Series. That's kind of my life as a sports fan, though. So right. <laughs> you you definitely understand. Well, 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 Steve. I tell you what. Before I let you go, I've been on your ass. People have been begging. I have personally reached out. It is the time is now more than ever. Metal Sludge needs a podcast, my friend. What are, what are your thoughts on that? And have you given it some thought? Do you think it should happen? I think it should, and uh, would would love to help you out or be a part of it if if you ever decided to do it. Well, I can tell you that you're not the first person to to suggest that or inquire about it or uh, offer assistance. So, yeah, it, it's, it's been something that at some point, if I decide to embrace it and take it on, I will. Just like, uh, you know, people are saying to me, oh, you should write a book, you should write a book, you should do this, you should do that, you know, you should put out another CD. It's like, I've done a lot of this stuff, <laughs> you know, I've, I've put out a lot of CDs, I've put out everything from VHS to CD, uh, DVD, vinyl, cassette, you know, toured uh, 27, 28 countries. It, it, all in time, 
you know, and, and, and the podcasting is something that a lot of people jump on and then it kind of flails and goes half-assed. If, if I do something, it's either all or nothing, and I'm not a quitter. Yeah. That's why, that's why I'm still doing tough shows 31 years yeah. later, even though it's not the original band. That's why Metal Sludge is still up, even though it's not to everybody's exact likings. But I am not a quitter. So once I do something, it, it's forever. Except for, uh, I guess, in, in a relationship in life. I can't, I, can't, I can't stay committed to a woman for, my, oh, for the rest of my life. I just can't. There's too many variables <laughs> there. No problem, but, you know. Uh, but no, I'm, 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 I'm an all-in or nothing kind of guy, and at some point there might be a podcast. I've, I've had some, some radio and podcast kind of inquiries from, from actually a few upper-level kind of scenarios that that could at some point come come to fruition but when it happens everybody will know awesome man well i tell you what cannot thank you enough uh for your time here it's been great I mean, just uh, after several years, you know, really thought it'd be a great conversation, and it sure was. It blew me away, man, and can't thank you enough for all you've done. You know, proud Metal Sludge member since 2000, and, uh, you know, it's it's been a huge influence on me and to, to get to, to this point where now I'm kind of on the other side interviewing musicians, doing reviews, and, and, and enjoying every bit of it, so you definitely understand that. Man, we'll catch up soon. Um, anything you ever have to promote, let us know. We'll be glad to help you out, my friend. I appreciate it, and a shout-out to all your listeners at the Music Mania podcast. But, hey, thanks thanks again to you, Clint. I really appreciate it to all the listeners. Uh, if you have any interest to follow us, it's metalsludge.tv or .com, and obviously use your Google search button. We have every 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 social network. You can find Tough or Metal Sludge or Stevie Rochelle on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Spotify, iTunes, got eBay stores, Amazon stores, everything. Hey, it's all good, man. We uh, thank you so much. Stevie, take care, my friend, and we'll catch up soon, my brother. Okay. Thanks, Clint. You bet, man. Thanks. Bye. What a great conversation it was with Stevie Rochelle. I can't thank him enough for spending all that time with us. We did not mean to keep him that long, but I mean, I could talk to that guy about music uh, forever, for for hours and hours, and that was one of uh, one of my favorite interviews of the entire summer, guys, and we've done some really good ones. Um, really keeping up to date with a lot of the tours that came around, I was really pleased with with the interviews we were able to get and uh, keeping it timely and keeping it, you know, so that when a tour is coming around or especially here in Kansas City that we have that interview for you so it kind of gets you ready for the show. So we're hoping to do that, of course, on into the rest of the summer and into the fall. But uh, great stuff with Stevie Rochelle. We urge you to go to MetalSludge.tv where you can check out everything he has going on from Tough, Tales from the Porn, all his other projects. He is uh, one in a million and you could just tell he has kind of that businessman mentality he was not your typical airhead drunk burnout rocker uh he was uh very in tune on the business side from the very beginning uh which says a lot about him and why he's still a force in music today and and not only on the uh you know just the touring and musician side but you know now on the kind of the media corporate side so good for him can't thank him enough can't thank you guys enough for listening, man. Uh, go to our website, musicmaniapodcast.com. You can check out all the archived interviews we've done. Over 100 shows on this uh, on this podcast, on, on our website. It's all featured there. All the reviews I do, I do a review of every single concert I go to, guys. So check them out. Check them out on, on musicmaniapodcast.com. Uh, if you want to drop us a line, you can send us an email, musicmaniapodcast at gmail.com. Always love the interaction. 
at MusicMania underscore show on Twitter. Give us a follow. Give us a tweet. Always appreciate the feedback. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Next week, going to be joined by none other than Matthias Yabs from The Scorpions, one of my favorite bands of all time, top five for me. Just saw them last September in Chicago with Megadeth, an amazing show. Sold out at the Rosemont Horizon at the Allstate Arena in Chicago. High energy. You know, this band is nearing, you know, uh, 70 years old. Klaus Mine, the singer, just turned 70. Rudolf Schenker is almost 70. Matthias himself is in his 60s. This band continues on, and they are continuing to be a powerful force in music, and they're going to be bringing their crazy world tour <coughs> back to America here this fall. So we're going to be talking to him about that and much, much more, the legacy of the band. And we can't wait to have you join us next week right here on the Music Mania Podcast.